Girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace and purpose. Welcome to We Are Free. I am your host, Becky Morquecho, and you're listening to episode 39. And if you have heard those words before, or you have seen them on Instagram, or been convicted by them the way I have, or reposted them, today you're in for a treat because my guest today is Alicia Ilian, and she wrote those words. And I'm excited to chat with Alicia um, just about what is on her heart, why she wrote those words um, in the first place. Um, but first, let me tell you a little bit about her. Alicia is a self-proclaimed salsa snob, coffee addict, and crazy in love follower of Jesus. She has a deep heart for women's issues and biblical application. She is a speaker and leader for various women's ministries and the founder of Women Repurposed. Alicia is a mama to three and an 80-pound golden doodle named Bear, and she lives in Wichita, Kansas. Welcome to We Are Free, Alicia. Thanks, Becky. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yeah. So you're a salsa snob. Do you make your own salsa? Do you just buy a lot of salsa? <laughs> no. You know what, though? We started a garden for the first time this year and have tomatoes and cilantro. So I'm excited. And that's my goal. That was my whole goal of planting this garden with my kids so that we could eventually make some salsa. So I have high expectations. <laughs> <laughs> that's so odd. We eat a lot of salsa around here. And in San Diego, there's some good salsa, including... <laughs> the kind Jesse's parents make, um, but I love cilantro. So I have good luck with your garden. I hope you get a lot of cilantro. <laughs> well, you know, people either hate it or they love it. Yes. So, um, I, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people who love it. So last year, Alicia, you wrote uh, that post. I'm going to read it again. Um, it had more than 400,000 shares on Instagram. And people listening, you've likely heard this. I'm going to read it again because it's really important and very relevant to what we're talking about today. It says, girl, read your Bible. You can eat all the kale, buy all the things, lift all the weights, take all the trips, trash all that doesn't spark joy, wash your face and hustle like mad. But if you don't rest your soul in Jesus, you'll never find peace and purpose. Um, and I just, I remember seeing that. I remember reposting it. Um, but what I'm curious about, and I'd love just to start with Alicia. I mean, you wrote those words and you also are the author of a book called Chasing Perfect, which is out October of this year, 2020. Um, and I know you've written them for other women, but it probably came from someplace close to your heart. So can you tell us a little bit about why those words are so important to you and just where that journey started for you? Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I wrote that men and obviously the book too, because the book, um, was written to kind of unpack the idea of, of that meme that just went viral. But, um, yeah, I wrote it first and foremost for myself and a lot of authors do that. You know, it's not that we have it all figured out mm -hmm. and here we are share all of our wisdom with the world, but you know, it comes out of this place of struggle and, um, obviously with it being shared so many times and, you know, I say 400,000 times, it might've been more than that because, you know, when things catch steam and then people share, um, from their own, um, social accounts, you just, it's hard to keep track of it, but obviously this resonated with women, um, and probably men as well, but it's something that we have just wrestled with for, so long is just trying to find some sort of contentment and joy and peace. And, um, you know, I was reading this morning 
in Ecclesiastes, because that's where my Bible reading plan has me. And I'm just reminded again that even Solomon was struggling through these same things, trying to find um, significance and joy in all the things. And um, Ecclesiastes 2 uh, verse 11 says this, that there was vanity and a striving after the wind, and there was nothing to be gained under the sun. And um, yeah, it's the same idea. It's just, if we're trying to find life, and I say life, meaning like joy and peace and purpose in anything here on earth under the sun, we're not going to find it. Mm -hmm. I mean, here's the wisest man on earth. And he was saying, you're not going to find it in the pleasures and the in the knowledge and the the money and the success and the women and all the things he was chasing. There's no gain in that. It's temporary. And so it's the same thing we're wrestling with here and now too in 2020 is, you know, these are all nice things. They're blessings from God, you know, to be able to exercise and lift all the weights and take the trips. And there's nothing wrong with those things in and of themselves. But when we're looking to find some sort of gain in our life, when we're trying to find our ultimate peace and, and our ultimate purpose within those things, man, it's just an empty, futile thing. So, um, yeah, and, and, and honestly, Becky, like this is a struggle that I continue to have. I'm still walking with the Lord and I'm still seeking his face. But, you know, in our flesh, like we're just going to continue to want to to go after the things that feel more tangible, you know, in our humanness, like to and, and we do get that temporary happiness out of those things. And so it's easy to turn to that because it takes more faith to trust God for it. And so it's, I always say this, um, and I, and I posted this reminder on my bathroom mirror and in in my car, but it's a daily decision to trust. Mm -hmm. It's a moment by moment going back to him and saying, here I am, I'm chasing after the wrong things. I'm chasing after the, these things, and it's not going to work. You know, my, my, I can't, um, (laughs) I can't find what I'm looking for in those things. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's a daily struggle. And I think, you know, obviously most women are resonating with that same thing, that same struggle. Yeah. Alicia, was there a turning point for you? Or, I mean, did you, you, has this been something that you've always like known Jesus is, you know, what can fulfill, but you kind of go back and forth with these things? Or was there like a season of your life where you were chasing these things and didn't chase Jesus at all? Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. There was, um, there have been seasons that I have, um, when I have done more of that because I have not pursued God to the the degree that I am even now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, even in, in high school, like, you know, in high school, I was, I was chasing the approval of my peers And, um, yes, I knew God, I believed in him, but I wasn't trusting him. And those are two different things. You know, I get to college and then I'm chasing that degree. Um, I'm chasing after the attention of boys. Um, and you know, if I just get that boyfriend, if I, if I just get through school and get that degree and that job, then I'll be happy, you know? And then I was a single adult for a long time. And I was thinking, man, if I just nailed that job, (laughs) you know, if I, if I get engaged, like all my friends and get that sparkly diamond ring on that left finger, um, Um, you know, then I'm going to be happy. Then I'm going to be content. Then I'll have arrived, you know, and then I get married and I'm thinking, okay, well now if I have children, 
If I only have a, I just want one child. If I get, if I have a child, then I'm going to be happy, you know? And, and then, you know, and then I, and I get pregnant and, and then I'm, you know, I have the child and I'm like, man, if I just get through this season where I'm, you know, not so tired and I lose all the baby weight and then I'm going to be happy. And then I want number two, child number two. And it just, you know, it never stops. It just, it just never stops. It's like, I want that next thing. You know, I just want something a little bit better and then I'm going to be happy. And I, what I found is to answer your question, you know, if I am not consistently turning back to Jesus and drinking from his well, then I'm going to slip into that thinking and that mindset because, you know, what transforms us is the renewal of our mind. It's that reset back on Jesus. You know, that's why he says in Colossians to keep your mind focused on things above, not on ourselves, not on our situation, not on our circumstance, not on everyone else around us. Because when our, when our gaze is not on him, man, we're going to forget really easy. I'm just, I'm really forgetful, you know, and that's why it's that daily moment by moment dependence on God and the reminder. And it's okay. You know, I've had to give myself a little grace because man, I'm like, why am I still struggling with this? Um, and if I really look back and I'm like, you know, but it wasn't to the degree that I did back then. And, you know, my reading with God in the Bible and my devotions that I had back then, it was more of a task, you know, like, Oh, I did my little quiet time for the day. Um, but now it's like, I turn to it and usually, and there's dry seasons of course, where I do it because I know God promises to meet me in his word, but you know, I do it because man, I'm getting, I'm getting life giving water from it. You know, I'm getting manna, my, my bread for the day. And, and God promises that, you know, he will give us what we need for the day. You know, it's that moment by moment. And so I have to remember, he's wanting to draw me back into himself. He's wanting me to come back to him. He's making me depend on him. So he's not going to have me figure this all out because, man, if I did that, Alicia, that would be bad, you know, because I wouldn't turn to him. I know myself well enough to know that, like, if I had it all figured out, I wouldn't keep coming back to him. And and that's what he wants. You know, he wants us to depend on him daily. So was there a specific turning point for me? I think it was just the realization that I just need God. I need to trust him and I need to keep coming back to him. And, you know, I probably wasn't doing that in the beginning. It was more of just an exercise of a check mark, you know, did my devotions. Okay, I'm good. Not realizing that that was everything, you know, that was what was going to get me through and keep me focused back on him. Yeah. So that's, yes, <laughs> putting my <laughs> hands up. Yes. <laughs> keep coming back to him daily. It's the only way. Alicia, why do you think, like, why do we turn to these things even though we know they don't satisfy? Like, is it just our flesh? Is it just because we're human? Is it just in nature? Like, why do we keep coming back to these things and, and feeling like that disappointment in them when we know Jesus is the answer? Right. Yeah. Good question. I think Solomon was asking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. No, like, and, and it could be a combination of all of those things, honestly. And um, I think it is, um, I, the more I started thinking about this idea of chasing perfect or, you know, I don't think all of us would probably consider ourselves perfectionist in the traditional way we think of a perfectionist, you know, someone that just there's no wrinkle in my bed, bed, you know, when I right. make it, right. I, I'm not that way. And I mean, some people are, but you know, I, that's not the idea. I think the idea is that, you know, we are, um, wanting to be more, you know, we're expecting to be more than we are. We're, we're not feeling like we're enough, you know, we're wanting to chase after that happiness or contentment. And, um, and, 
Jenny Allen said this the other day, and I thought it was really good. It actually might have been one of her books that I read. Um, she said, the most destructive line of thinking in the 21st century is our incessant desire to be great. And I thought, yeah, you know, that's it. Like we do, we want to be more than we are. We feel like I, I want to be a better mom. I don't feel like I'm enough. You know, I want, I want to be better at my job. I want to strive for more. Um, I just want to be awesome. You know? mm-hmm. That's the idea of perfectionism. Not that, hey, we have to have the counters all immaculate every day and the toys picked up, although that's nice. I think it's more that incessant desire to be great that we all that we all struggle with. And so here's the thing that I was think, considering, though, and I listened to Nancy Guthrie talk about the Garden of Eden. And, um, you know, we think of the Garden of Eden as this, like, idealistic, perfect um, place. But in reality, it wasn't perfect in the sense that God is perfect and his perfection. There was always this opportunity for for sin, for evil. And um, but God wired, he put it in our DNA and our makeup that we are wired with his image upon us, stamped upon us. We are made in the Imago Day in his image and we are wired and made to long for perfection. And so in a sense, it's not necessarily wrong that we're chasing after something better, that we're chasing after perfection, because I think actually God wired us for that. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew 5, 48, be perfect as I am perfect. So then how do you, how do you think about that? You know, if he's asking us to be more holy, if he's asking us to be more like him, but that's the thing is like, we're chasing after the wrong things. We were wired to chase after the perfection of Jesus. And then he gives us the ability to do that. He says, I am the author and perfecter of your faith. And so, you know, why do we struggle with that? You ask, I honestly think that it's wired into us to want to long for something better. And I don't think that that's wrong. You know, I think we shouldn't necessarily fight that, but we've got to re- focus our minds and reset our minds to go the what I'm chasing after in that perfection is Jesus and and remind ourselves that so because obviously it can turn into sin it can turn into something very destructive for us like Satan does he tries to twist everything like he did in the garden and he did not tempt Eve to to kill or to still he he tempted Eve to question God's word he tempted Eve to believe that God wasn't enough, that his perfection, his sufficiency was not enough to make her content and to give her the life that he created her for relationship with him. And so he's still doing that same thing, you know, same song, different verse, mm-hmm. you know, he just he's not creative. The enemy's not creative. Um, and so he's telling us these same lies. He's the father of lies. And the way that we're going to be able to recognize that is like I said, continually resetting our mind and knowing the word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I'm in Ecclesiastes right now and the old Testament's really hard to read. <laughs> some listeners that are like, I just don't get it. I'm in the old Testament. And it doesn't make sense. You know, it doesn't feel relevant, but it's not meant to be interpreted. Like, okay, this is going to apply to me right now. We're reading this story of the Old Testament because we're learning more about God and his ways and his character and how he operates. And in and as we come to know that more and more, as we're pursuing him, as we're chasing his perfection, 
man, that's going to help us understand what we're about and what he wants for us and his will and his way. And that will change our mind. That will change our perspective over time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) That's good, girl. So how do we take that and how do we shift our definition of, like you're saying, like we're chasing after the wrong kind of perfect. So how do we shift into chasing after the right kind of perfect? And how do we look beyond each day's diversions, distractions, um, things you said, like in high school, you know, it was, you know, the validation of peers. And I feel like a lot of us were doing the same thing. It's like high school all over again, again on Instagram or real life to like, why are we, why do we want so bad? to be so much better and more perfect, like for who, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So how do we shift uh, that mindset and shift that perspective and shift our idea of self-care, Kale, Kale, (laughs) I have Kale on my mind from your head. (laughs) Self-care, not self-Kale. But so how do we go from, you know, desiring those things and trying to find perfect in those things to to lining up with, with what Jesus wants for us? Right. Oh, I laugh that you, uh, this morning I, I woke up and the first thing I told my husband is like, I'm going to put a big pot of poop on the stove for us tonight. And he was, I didn't say soup. And he's like, oh, this is going to be a fun podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. And you're like, where did that come from? Oh, that's funny. Um, no, that's a really, really good question. Um, And man, we do have so many distractions, so many diversions. And, you know, how do we do this? And like I said, you know, here's the answer. Yeah, go to God's word, pray. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is obviously that is the answer. You know, there's nothing better to do than that. Like we all try to find creative ways to go, we'll do this or do that. I don't know that um, we necessarily need to look beyond our diversions, but invite Jesus into them. Um, you know, busy, busy is what happens with our lives. We're going to be busy. Um, but hurry is what happens to our hearts. And I, I write about this in the book and we're all familiar with the Mary and Martha story. And we've heard it probably a million times, but I wanted to unpack it with fresh eyes in the book, because to be honest, I used to be really frustrated with that story. I mean, I felt for poor Martha Here she had like, and it wasn't just Jesus and his 12 disciples. I mean, he came with like an entourage of 70 people. And like for me, if 70 people showed up at my house (laughs) and I knew one of them was the son of God, I'm, I would freak out. I'll be honest. Just a little bit. (laughs) Not handle it well. (laughs) And I mean, I don't even handle it well. And my husband's like, oh, we're having, you know, a couple of people over for dinner, you know, and I'm surprised. I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, Googling. Better get some poop on the the stove for him. (laughs) We need to get that poop on the stove. No, no one's going to come over to my house. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But no, and here's Martha, you know, trying to, she didn't have Pinterest. She couldn't like look up how to make hummus and pita for 70 people, right? You know, there was no call ahead or text to warn that we're coming. No, they just like showed up. And, um, you know, and so I can imagine why she would be a little freaked out, you know, and here I am, I want to be, I want to host well, I want to serve, you know, here's the, you know, she believed Jesus to be the son of God. I mean, that's a really, I mean, if you really think about that, (laughs) kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like, I mean, so, you know, we, we give Martha a hard time, but I can imagine that I would probably be a little stressed and anxious too. And, and, you know, Jesus, he's very gentle, you know, he's very kind, but he's always trying to, to get us to turn our attention back to him. 
And so he admonishes Martha and he's like, Martha, you are busy and distracted by many things. And so, of course, I got to look up the word busy and distracted, you know, in the Greek, because, you know, I got to look a little bit smart when I'm writing this book. (laughs) So I did. And I do like digging in a little bit deeper because I think we can get some rich treasures when we do that. And so I looked up the words and, you know, what it meant was that almost the Greek words almost carry this connotation, this idea of being over anxious and um, trying to please. And so I thought, wow, you know, it, see, you know, later on, Jesus tells, he encourages us to serve, you know, he wants us to be servants. So the idea wasn't that her serving was wrong. It was what was happening on the inside. It was the inside of her heart that was the problem. And so he was trying to help her understand, you know, what the problem was, is that she was trying to impress you know, she was trying to find her worth and significance by how she um, served and, and you know, the host that she was. And so it wasn't because she was serving and Mary was at the feet. It was, it was the state of her heart that he was trying to get to. So all that to say, you know, life is busy. We're going to have distractions. You know, um, are there things that we can do? Absolutely. You know, God says, you know, he implemented the Sabbath. You know, and and he and the reason he did that, and he took that seventh day to rest, wasn't because he necessarily needed the rest, but he knew there were rhythms that would help us reset our gaze upon God and trust Him, and trust that He would take care of our needs even when we stopped our activities, and that was the whole point of the Sabbath to recognize and you know actively trust that God would provide. And so, you know, it wasn't just a leisure activity, you know, like, oh, well, it's Sunday. So, yeah, and that's part of it because we have to stop our routine. So sometimes it will be a day of of actual rest. But the main point was like, we got to trust God. So I do think that rhythms are important. It's important to be intentional. And, you know, I have a friend that is so good about setting her phone three times a day to pray and her alarm goes off and she prays. And that's what Daniel did. He prayed three times a day. So, you know, not to be, you know, extra structured and legalistic about it, but honestly, it's just a way because as humans, we can get distracted and go, you know, what? I want to be intentional about this. I want to, um, you know, not give the enemy provision, you know, and, and I want to be able to do things that I know will help turn me back to Jesus. And so, yeah, I think that that's, it's, he asks us to continually trust, to pray without ceasing. So if we've got to set some priorities, if we've got to be intentional, if we've got to put alarms on our phone, if we got to wake up a little bit early, we make time for the things that we want to. I really believe that. And I'm speaking that for myself. Like, um, if it's important to me, I'll, I'll find the time to do it. So, you know, it does take a little bit of discipline and I, and I think that it pays off. We just got to trust God. Yeah, I totally agree. I was just saying to Jesse last night, um, something I've been wanting to do. I was like, oh, I don't have the time. I like catch myself. I'm like, no, I'm choosing right now not to spend that time doing that. Like we all have a choice for sure. Um, Alicia, what, how have you seen God move in your life? Like when you are chasing after him and chasing that perfect Jesus and fulfilling the holes in your life with him, like how have you seen him show up compared to um, feeling kind of desperate and disheveled and and chasing all the wrong things? Mm. Well, you know, that's the supernatural work of God, I think, you know, it's, he, 
You know, um, and that's a hard thing to describe, but it does give you that peace that goes beyond understanding, um, that goes beyond circumstance. Um, and that's when, you know, I think it's hard to even describe it. It's like, why, why was I avoiding this? You know, like, why was I in, uh, avoiding being in the word? I mean, there's times I'll be honest where I'm like, oh, I got dishes to do. I got laundry to do. And I will literally think of anything and everything besides getting in the word of God. But then I actually do that. And I'm like, wow, like, God, you, you're right. You're like, you do give us peace when we're seeking you, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. And so, um, you know, he does. And, it, you know, and sometimes he does it in ways that aren't necessarily fun or, um, convenient or comfortable. And um, I will say seven years ago was kind of a, a turning point for me. And you talk about being set free in your podcast a lot. And, um, you know, it was, I just had had my third child. And, um, you know, if you've had children, you know, the toll that it can take on your body, you know, having three pregnancies, I was pretty sick with all three and had C-sections and I had a miscarriage and a DNC. So it had been, and I had my kids all two years apart, um, more or less. And so, you know, I've been a lot on my body in four or five years. And then, um, about a year after having my youngest, uh, my oldest child came down with strep throat and we started passing it back and forth. Like five times. And I was on five different rounds of antibiotics. It would not come out of my system. And I had to go see an ENT. And she said, you know, Alicia, I think you need to have your tonsils out. So I'm like, oh, I'd heard all these stories about an adult tonsillectomy and how horrible it was. But I'm like, you know what, I've got to get rid of this infection. So yes, let's schedule it. So I had the, the surgery done and was recovering. And when I started getting back on my feet, um, I realized that something was really off in my, in my system, in my body. And I started fainting and passing out and, um, started getting muscle twitching all over my body. My hands started shaking. Um, in fact, I couldn't even hardly type on my, my phone, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing, (laughs) but I, it just felt like my body was kind of freaking out and I'm like, okay, something is wrong. Something is off. Um, and so we, we scheduled an appointment to go see a neurologist at this point. I'm like, so over going to see the doctor and, um, and, but I just knew something was wrong and she's like, yeah, you know, I, I think there is, but I'm not sure that I have the right testing. And, you know, my background is in physical therapy. And so I know enough to be dangerous when it comes to, you know, our bodies and, potential problems and, and diseases and stuff like that. And so immediately I spun into this horrible season of anxiety, thinking the worst, um, and Googling, which I never should, you know, you never should look up on on Dr. Google. (laughs) Like, I mean, you just sneeze and all of a sudden the next day, um, it's very dismal. And, and, and so like, and I, you know, there was, this was a season that I think God was really showing me my lack of faith. And And I was, you know, I think I was really disappointed. I was disappointed that I responded in the way that I did. I thought I would have more trust in God. Um, but I was so consumed, um, by what was going on in my body and thinking the worst. And I couldn't get in to see, they had sent me to Mayo Clinic, but I couldn't get in to see them for like a month and a half. So I went through like six weeks of just, I couldn't even be a mom, you know, like it was a dark place. 
And, um, you know, I, I really felt like, you know, yes, I want to be around for my kids. I want to live life, but you know, I, I would have hoped that I would have had more faith in that season to trust God with my life and whatever plan that was. Um, but we end up going to Mayo Clinic and they do diagnose me with something called POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which basically means the part of the nervous system that we don't control, like your heart rate and your blood pressure and your temperature and all of that stuff is just way out of whack for me, um, which makes sense, which is why it affected me so much in so many different areas. And um, so I, so this condition is something that I'm going to probably have to live with my whole entire life. Um, but it's, I think it was God in his goodness. I know it's God in his goodness that allowed me to go through this and continues, um, to allow me to struggle through this at times because it causes me to trust him. And so he, he gave me, and I really will say it that way. He gave me a condition that affects the part of the nervous system that I can't control, hmm. Um, because I have a control problem and I didn't even know that I didn't know it until he allowed that to be a part of my life right now. And I'm honestly really thankful, Becky, because it, you know, it keeps me from trusting in my own sufficiency and my own plans, um, in my own strength, you know, cause there are times that like, I'm just weak, you know, and I, you know, and I get brain fog and I'm, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm tired and, you know, I just, you know, my hand, I say this, my hands shake still, but my heart doesn't. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I think he does like he, and it's the blessing. That's the blessing sometimes buried in the things that we do throughout the day that are difficult. And my husband reminded me of the story of, of Jacob wrestling, um, with God and how, you know, when he wrestled with God all night, the next day he woke up and he had uh, a hip problem and he couldn't walk the same way um, from that point on. But God had called Jacob to great things, but he needed that reminder every single day, that little, you know, that little reminder in his hip that he needed to trust God. And I think we all have those things from time to time. We all have the little hip struggle, you know, mm-hmm. we all thing that like causes us to go, man, this is not fun. This is not comfortable. This is not convenient. But all of those things that are making me depend and trust God are for my good. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you. And I've, I've got some of those too. Um, he does work in funny ways. I like how you said, like, it's not always expected in how he's showing up. Cause I feel like, Mm, I'd say like 99.9% of the time, it's not what I expected, but something that I needed or didn't know I needed. Alicia, can you uh, tell us a little bit more about your book? Tell me um, just what you're excited about, what women are going to walk away uh, from after reading this. Like, how are they going to feel? How is life going to be different? Um, Do you have a favorite part? Any of those things? (laughs) So, um, yeah, I thought about that and I don't really have a favorite part because every chapter breaks down what it looks like to pursue Jesus in different aspects of our life, Um, our attention and our affections, our worship, our identity and fulfillment, um, how we love, how we are loved, um, how we are known, you know, our authenticity, 
control, all those things. Um, and so each chapter is, is very unique, but it is a struggle that we all, um, that we all go through. And so, um, I, yeah, I think I couldn't pick a favorite chapter to be honest. Um, and I really hope that uh, the book is something that will renew a desire in women to pursue a deeper and more intimate walk with Jesus. I mean, that's my hope. Just a redirection and an inspiration to know him more and find um, peace and purpose, the peace and purpose that they keep looking for, for satisfaction. Um, just like the the mem that went viral. It's just unpacking all of those things in a deeper way. Yeah. I'm excited to read it. Um, how can people pre-order or order your book? What's the best okay. place? So- Yeah. So all the major retailers, um, you know, the Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Christian books, um, you can order on any of those and, um, pre-order is great too, because, um, it's at no risk to you. I mean, you can order it and they won't charge your card, sell it ships. And, um, there'll be some fun incentives for that too. I've got some great, uh, discussion questions. So if you want to do that with a group of friends, um, that you'll get if you pre-order the book. So yeah, <laughs> that's good to know. That's awesome. Alicia and all of your, um, your journey, the reason you, you know, wrote girl, read your Bible and what follows after that. And the reason you wrote your book, um, <clears throat> just in your walk with the Lord, what do you feel that God has set you free from? Hmm. The need to prove myself and be awesome. Yeah. Um, that his awesome is enough and a much better anchor for my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, the need to have it all under control in my life and planned out. Um, he knows me and has good plans. He knows us and has good plans for us. You know, the need to chase the next thing. Um, I already have everything I need and more in Jesus and to trust that, you know, he is with me in his presence in his presence is fullness of joy. Yeah, that's good. I like it. Uh, where can listeners get more Alicia? Where can they get more encouragement from you? See your face. I know sometimes we listen, but it's nice to see people's faces too. Um, what's the best place to follow along? Yeah. So my Facebook and Instagram handle is um, at Alicia Illian, just my name, A-L-I-S-H-A-I-L-L-I-A-N. Um, and yeah, certainly come find me there. Um, I always say this, you can follow me, but I'm going to get you to follow Jesus. <laughs> Thing. So yes, I'd love for you to join our community. And we have um, a ministry called Women Repurpose. That's a great place to connect with some. We have some great team members that we're producing some content to help disciple women and take them from, you know, what does it look like to follow Jesus? And so we're creating some great materials and resources that will help you walk out that journey. Awesome. That's so cool. Thank you, Alicia, for just sharing your heart and giving us so much wisdom and passion today. I loved hearing from you and I know um, others listening have too. Thanks so much. Thanks, Peggy. Again, don't forget to check out the show notes where we have all of the info and links and resources we talked about in the show. You can go to beckymorkecho.com, B-E-C-K-Y-M-O-R-Q-U-E-C-H-O.com. Thanks for listening in. 